Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever holiday episode of Three More Opinions. This is a conversation show between your friendly neighborhood pastors. I am Jordan Smoke. With me, as always, is Clinton Mosley. Paul Diaz. We are the Southwest uh, Christian Church staff. And today, we're talking about Christmas traditions, both the weird and the endearing, um, the respected and ancient, and also the surprisingly recent. What's the true meaning that Christians can find in Christmas with all the many uh, holiday traditions that we have to navigate? That's what we're going to be talking about today. But first, gentlemen, I want to ask, how are you feeling for this Christmas season, 2022? Good. Jill and I went to, uh, we went to see White Christmas last night. That's, That's her all-time favorite? Yeah, yeah, they're showing it at the Paramount. Oh, cool. So that was kind of a nice setup to this next week. Went to dinner at Lenore, which was good. I mean, it was, it was, it was good. I, I don't know that it was amazing, but it was good. I it was expensive for what it was. Yeah. Well, it um, got to be for her birthday, right? Man, the New York Strip was, was incredible. One of the best mm. I've had. The most tender I've ever had. Really? Um, the other things were okay. <laughs> well, I mean, at least they made it count with what actually no, counts. You know? Absolutely, absolutely. But it was uh, good. We'd, I think I may go back for just the New York Strip. Mm, good. Um, uh, I'm I'm really excited about the holiday season, Christmas coming up. Uh, Jenny and I just recently uh, did our first uh, tour around Kyle to look at the lights, the Christmas lights, Ooh. and uh, and that really kind of got me in in the season, you know, and and so yeah, it's one of my favorite times of year. I think it is for most of us, and and so uh, it has all that nostalgia and uh, and joy wrapped up in one uh, one time of the year. So yeah, I've been listening to a lot of uh, Christmas music on the radio, and mm-hmm. it's been nice. I'm glad to hear it. Man, uh, I am so excited. I get like all holly jolly when Christmas comes around. And right now I'm feeling like we're on like the home stretch. Christmas is a busy season for most of our families, but it's busy for us as like uh, as, as church ministers, right? With all our Christmas programs and the like. But I'm feeling like I'm seeing the light at the end of the proverbial tunnel. Like we've got our children's Christmas program this coming Sunday. Our kids are going to do great. And I'll be going home. I'll get to see my my brothers and my sisters-in-laws and my little nephew. I'm so excited to see him. I haven't seen him in person in a while, but we FaceTime, and he's talking in like complete sentences now. How old is he? Uh, he's two and change. Okay. So a funny age. I just a funny I can't wait to like carry a conversation with him like face to face. Gotcha. That um, the youth and and I will be on Sunday doing a candy cane Olympics, mm-hmm. and I am way too excited about that i i get really into these things and so do they and so um yeah no this is a fun time of year we got to field test some of your candy cane olympics things oh here's a here's a little random trivia but um you know the candy canes are meant to represent what instrument I thought they were Jesus Jays. Yeah. Jesus Jays. Yeah. I don't know right. what they are. It's a great way to keep Christ in Christmas right sure. there. Jesus Jay. I don't know. That's, what that, that's what, at all what they're for. But like a trombone? They're meant to, um, sorry, not musical instrument. What tool? Oh, a hook. Yes. Like a, hook for... a shepherd's crook. Oh. Oh, sure. Yes. Hmm. Like for, for the shepherds. And supposedly the white is for the purity of Christ and the red is for the blood of his sacrifice and everything. Like, I've heard that. I wonder, I've always wondered if that's actually true. I know. Well, prepare for a lot of like... Um, maybe sketchily researched trivia that I'm about to j- dump on you guys. I wasn't going to mention the candy canes, <laughs> but I thought maybe we would ease into this conversation. Talk, but yeah, but you can't you can't miss that this is your second Christmas year, right? Mm-hmm. And this is your first time going to the Trail of Lights We're tonight? going tonight, yes. Yeah. And um, I knew that a lot of people were going to be there. I was like, well, someone was like, we should get parking passes, and they're gone. And I was like, does that mean like we go another night? It, it's it's going to be busy tonight. I think it's because they, they're playing How the Grinch Stole Christmas and Frosty the Snowman on a projector somewhere. Oh, yeah. yeah. They play them nonstop, though. Yeah. Okay. And they were like, no, we're going to park like far away and we're going to walk 30 minutes to get there. So that's the plan right now. But Man, that sounds like a blast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you have to do it though. You I gotta mean, do it. You gotta do it. Gotta I mean, people it. say that about like so many things. Like when we were in Jersey, they were like, "You got to do the Macy's State Parade like in person." Like I'm like, "You got to oh, do man. it." I'm like, "No, I don't." Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't. we had some friends that did that when mm-hmm. we lived in Jersey, and I mean, it's a whole, it's a 
full day thing just, just navigating the crowd yeah right right but i thought to ease into our discussion about uh christmas traditions i would present to you what i'm calling jordan's holly jolly christmas quiz <laughs> I've identified all these uh, huge markers of Christmas and maybe some of the unexpected origins and little trivia around them. And some of these I think are easier than others. I'll give you like little hints, like y'all can play along at home, like if you like, but let me lay this on, on Paul and Clint. So some people say it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? And there's a very famous Christmas song that shares that same title. I want you, I'm going to sing a lyric from here, but I'm going to get a blank, and I want y'all to fill in the blank of, okay. of this lyric, okay? okay? Right. There'll be parties for hosting, marshmallows for toasting, and caroling out in the snow. There'll be blank, 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 in tales of the glories of Christmases long, long ago. What's the blank, 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 blank there? I have no idea. Dude, me either. It rhymes with tales of the glories. Tales and good stories? It does have stories, but it's not good stories. It says there'll be scary ghost stories. Oh, that's right. Yes. On Christmas. On Christmas. And we think that's strange. Why is this very popular Christmas song? Why does it mention scary ghost stories? Like Ebenezer Scrooge? Well, we're going to get there. So the concept of ghost stories seems to be more associated with Halloween than Christmas, but did a little research and up until like the 20th century telling ghost stories was as much a part of christmas as it was halloween hmm. all hallows eve hmm. okay and it makes sense with like the longest nights of the year falling in december it's the idea was like with the longest nights it was the biggest time for like ghosts to wonder like hmm. in the night and perhaps the most famous christmas ghost story is charles dickens and clint already said it ebenezer scrooge ebenezer scrooge charles dickens a christmas carol right a christmas carol right question right. two okay, okay. Over the course of A Christmas Carol, Ebenezer Scrooge is visited by a number of ghosts. What number of ghosts come to visit Ebenezer Scrooge? Three. Yeah. Ghosts of Christmas present, past, and future. Very good. This is a bit of a trick question. Oh. Oh, Wasn't there one that comes before that that introduces Mm -hmm. everything? His old partner, Marley. He is visited specifically by four ghosts. Four people, you're right. Marley comes to, to tell him that you'll be visited by three ghosts. But Ebenezer Scrooge throws open, after Marley leaves, he throws open his window and he sees in the night air, he senses all these phantoms walking around. It's a very it's a very spooky, classic Christmas story. Okay, Paul. Okay, mm-hmm. I see you. I'm impressed. We just saw the movie. It's, oh, it's the, good when it's fresh on your mind. Right. On Netflix, what is it, Ryan Reynolds and... Spirited. Spirited. Oh, spirited with yeah. with yeah, Will Ferrell. That's cute. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's all right. There are things I liked about it. There, there are things about Ryan Reynolds' uh, style of comedy where I'm like, man, just let it be like a feel-good uh, Christmas musical. You don't have to undercut every genuine moment. But yeah. uh, that's neither here nor there. That's his style. Right. Towards the end of A Christmas Carol, uh, Christmas Carol Ebenezer Scrooge is reformed, and his first kind act of this newly reformed Scrooge is to purchase and then gift a giant prized turkey to Tiny Tim's family, right? What other famous Christmas naysayer takes up the carving knives after his own Christmas conversion? It's the Grinch. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Now, like, the line in both the animated movie and in the Dr. Seuss book is, he brought everything back, all the food for the feast, and he, he himself, the Grinch, carved the roast beast. Mm-hmm. Now, there is debate over what exactly is the roast beef that the Grinch is carving. In the original Dr. Seuss book, it kind of looks like turkey, but in the animated movie, he's cutting it like ham. Like a ham, right. I remember. This leads us to our next question. Do Americans eat more ham or turkey on ha- Christmas? Ham. I say, I say ham. Turkey's ham's, clearly inferior to ham. Ha- ham's yes. too expensive. Is it ham? I'll give you another hint. This is a little bit of a trick question. I think it's turkey. Oh, it's something else? Oh. It's basically both. They are basically neck and neck. Americans really? are divided. Some prefer turkey. Some prefer ham. They feel strongly about which one the Grinch should be carving. But according to, this is Time Magazine, Americans consume 22 million turkeys on Christmas, but they also, 22 million turkeys on Christmas, but they also purchase an estimated 318 million pounds of ham around the holidays. 
but we have to average the 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 size of a turkey being around 15 pounds. So that puts it at 330 million pounds of turkey versus uh, 318 pounds of ham. So it might be more ham or it might be more turkey, but they're pretty neck and neck. Mm. Mm. Also related to a Christmas meal, we're going international with our trivia now. Okay. In which country, this is a real thing, is KFC considered a Christmas dinner tradition? Ooh, I've heard this. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm going to say the Philippines. Give us a continent. I will say it's in Asia. I know that I know that the Philippines goes super hard for Christmas. Korea. Is it South Korea? Korea? Is it Korea? It is Japan. 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 Yes. Um, the enterprising young manager of the first Kentucky Fried Chicken in the country had the idea, and so he marketed a fried chicken holiday party bucket bucket with the slogan Kentucky is Christmas and it took off and it hasn't slowed down since Christmas in Japan now accounts for a third of KFC's annual sales really oh my goodness that's huge that's crazy right when's the last time you went to a KFC not not oh it's been a long time it's been a long time I can't remember yeah no it's been a long time but I will say this hats off to the Japanese they do tend to sample the best of American culture and yeah. do it pretty well. So, yes. there you go. You know, when we did our unpopular opinion show, like I went to bat for Sonic, but like, I don't know if I would do the same for KFC. I know it's very popular, like it's good. Inter- internationally. I just haven't been in so long. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, every time I go, it's good. I don't, can't remember the last time we went. Right, yeah. right. Just a few more questions. How did reindeer become associated with Santa? What industry well clearly it's when that one ran over grandma yes yeah and yeah which wins the survey for one of the most disliked christmas songs of all time grandma got run over by a reindeer well sure it's kind of sad yeah she's okay yeah yeah what business interests wanted santa to be associated with reindeer the nra i don't know business (laughs) business probably you're kind of not far (laughs) uh Probably a rancher's associate, a cattle rancher. You got it. You got it. Really? So there was a a businessman from Alaska who saw the potential for marketing reindeer meat and fur in the United States. So he had a big um, ad campaign that he partnered with the department store Macy's. And that's the first ad to depict Santa with sleigh drawn by reindeer. And the reindeer stuck, but the practice of... Uh, reindeer meat and fur in the United States did not stick. Well, yeah, you can't endear something right. to a culture exactly. and then eat it. Exactly. exactly. Nobody wants to eat Rudolph. Right. <laughs> Maybe Dasher. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Vixen. Like, who names oh, a... Vixen. <laughs> you know, yes. like... Vixen. You definitely want to eat Vixen. Right. <laughs> um, but it, it was, yes, the reindeer are endear... They're endearing to us. We, we don't want to eat them. Uh, but this guy was known as the Reindeer King. Before the Tiger King, there was the Reindeer King. But what really undermined him was the cattle lobby and how they changed the laws about who could and couldn't ranch and raise reindeer. Hmm. Huh. Gotcha. Speaking of Macy's, what real um, the real-life rivalry between Macy's and Gimbel's is depicted in what classic black-and-white Christmas movie? It's a Wonderful Life? It's, it's in that era. Oh, man, I don't know. Macy's and Gimbel's. Macy's and Gimbel's. Where is Macy's, Big Macy's located? New York. New York. Mm-hmm. Um, what street is it on? Fifth Avenue? Oh, uh... It's on Park. Isn't it Park Avenue? It, the, the, the New York street is in the title of the movie. Oh, oh, man. I know this. I can't get it. Miracle on 34th Street. Street. Yes, that's that's one of the harder ones. All right, we're almost done here. That was good. Speaking of movies, many families, my own included, choose often choose to visit the cinema on Christmas Day. What movie grossed the most money at the American box office on any Christmas Day? So this is a movie that was already in theaters in December. It happened to be playing on Christmas. It was one of the Star Wars, I bet. It was like episode... Two or three? Oh, if it was one of the, I, I hope it's episode one. It wasn't one because one came out 
earlier. So, so famously, Star Wars is associated with the month of May. Mm-hmm. All oh, Star Wars right. movies were released in the month of May until this Star Wars came out. Oh, it, you're right about Star Wars? Dude, that's mm-hmm. good enough. Right, I right. Mean, golly. It was the, the Force Awakens, oh. right? Because Disney got the rights to Star Wars and they released it in Christmas instead of May. It even outperformed Avatar, which is still the highest grossing movie of all time, but Star Wars did is better really? business. Yes. I don't understand that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it actually opened movie. It opened low, but it had legs. Everybody yeah. wanted to continue to go see hmm. Avatar. Hmm. All right, let me wrap this up. Talk about the war on Christmas. Was Christmas, true or false, was Christmas ever outlawed in America? False. False. In the years uh, 1659 to 1981, so this is pre the founding of the country, but this is when like the colonies like are here, Puritans managed to outlaw Christmas from being celebrated. You said 1981? I'm sorry, 1659 to 1681. 1681, okay. Right. Um, they, Puritans felt that there was too much um, revelry and debauchery that Christmas like encouraged, and so they... Uh, encouraged a time of uh, repentance and uh, confession of your sins like during the, those times it's very festive oh, yes Puritans. I know they have like How quite fun. a uh, quite a thing man I have okay that was fun that yeah. was fun do you have more one more okay when was the term Xmas invented ooh that is Christmas but spelled with an X a long time ago a really? long time ago, he says. Yeah, I mean, it, like, White Christmas, it was in that. Okay. On a sign. Okay. But the X is the, is the chi. Uh-huh. Like the Greek letters. Right. So. You're exactly right, so Paul. Like the so, yeah. I mean, that's really old. It dates back all the way to at least, like, the mid-1500s, the Greek letter chi being the first letter in? Christ. Christos. Christos. Exactly. Yeah. And even, like, the Cairo. Yeah. For like XR and everything, because we think of Xmas as being like, ooh, it's a way to like minimize the Christ and Christmas, but actually it it's goes not. back. It's like, it's tied to a, a very ancient Christian symbol. Yeah, uh, for hmm. Christ. Cool. Anyway, I just wanted to say like some of these traditions are like, I thought they were around for forever, but they're kind of new. Mm-hmm. Some of these traditions like go like way back. Some of them are like really weird in terms of like the interests that like managed to get them into the popular consciousness. So I thought this would be a good way to kind of set the table for how do we as Christians in a world that's inundated with all kinds of Christmas activities, practices, and traditions, how do we keep our Christmas story at the forefront of that? How do we practice that with our friends and family? Mm. That's kind of like the thrust of this conversation. And we should probably say here, um, if you have any uh, young uh, people like listening to the podcast, we're going to be talking about all kinds of Christmas traditions. This maybe isn't the best conversation uh, to have in the background, like with your with your young, young kids running around. But we want to talk about Christmas traditions here. Mm. So, yeah. gentlemen, can I ask you, do you guys have some beloved Christmas traditions that you guys do with your families or that you did with your parents growing up? Uh, we have a couple. Um, we all decorate my parents' Christmas tree, mm-hmm. so we usually do that the Friday after Thanksgiving, so we still do that, and then we go to a football game, typically, because um, Texas always plays at home. Yeah. Let's uh, go. Yeah. Um, and then in our house, the tradition is Jill loves Christmas, and she's all about it, mm-hmm. and I think decorations are stupid, <laughs> because you take them out and put them right back up, and I've got... Uh, <laughs> so usually our tradition is is I put them up and I'm in a grumpy mood. Mm-hmm. And this year, as a gift to Jill, I veered from that tradition and I was joyful. And she appreciated it. She was giving you affirmation. She told me, this was after you got the decorations up, she was like, and he didn't complain. He didn't complain. <laughs> that's like, nice. Yeah, it made her. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I'm trying to think of what other traditions we have. I mean, football's really fun. Yeah, I mean, going to a Texas game, that's more Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you what, my, uh, my uh, so I decorating Christmas tree is great. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I haven't been a part of that with, with my parents in a long time, but they'll still send me photos of the tree, which is so nice. And my mother actually gifted me this year my favorite Christmas lights. They're these little candles that kind of bubble up. Um, and, uh, and so that was really, really kind, but, um, but my favorite Christmas tradition is, uh, the night before Christmas Eve, 
my mother's side of the family gets together and and in corpus you know both both sides of my family like have a, have a lot of people that live there and uh and so we get together and now it's like both sides of the family get together um and we have game night mm. and uh and so we all play board games and um you know stay up really late and it's super duper fun and um i think one of the reasons that it was uh, so endearing to me when I was growing up is when I was 13 in Corpus Christi, Texas, it snowed four inches that night. Mm-hmm. And we had a, a true white Christmas in Corpus Christi. And, uh, you know, they, they say that that is not going to happen for another 500 years. And it was really, really cool. I did not sleep that night. We, we, we made, uh, we made sleds out of trash can tops, and it was just super, super fun. Probably uh, my favorite Christmas memory. But I was with, you know, all of my family when that happened. Mm. So we had a great snowball fight, and and we didn't play games that night. But it was really fun. Go. But I'm t- trying to think of what else we do. We read the Christmas story on Christmas Eve, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So at my parents' house, we all do that. And we open presents on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. You know, really nice. in the Protestant Reformation, that's when gifts were given, whereas on the 24th, not the 25th, is one of the, one of the things that I found. Oh. And also, uh, Christmas uh, really wasn't put on the Christian religious holiday until like uh, 336, like centuries went by. You know, you know what the big holidays were before, like Christmas kind of like got elevated to one of the top slots? Easter and Pentecost, probably. Easter and Epiphany. Oh, and Epiphany okay. being when like the Magi come like a week after Christmas, you yeah. know, and, and present the, the gifts to Christ. Like mm. those, those were the big ones. But uh, we kind of incorporated uh, pagan uh, festivals like Saturnalia and stuff. And we're like... Let's take over those. Yeah, yeah. Jenny's family reads the Christmas story on Christmas morning, mm-hmm. um, and I I love that tradition. I think yes. it's really really nice, and she definitely is a Christmas person. Um, so yeah, my family will also uh, we tend to read the Christmas story, and we tend to do the version from Luke, yeah, uh, where, Luke where the shep- where the shepherds come in. Shepherds being present is another. Some think with shepherds being present suggests that Christ was actually born like in the spring rather than in like the the winter months. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other weird thing that my family does, and I didn't realize this was weird until I shared this with a friend, is we open, we take turns opening gifts, one gift at a time, oldest to youngest. And before you open your gift, you have to recite a, a Bible verse. And the rule is, it's like you have to, you can't use a Bible verse that someone else has already used. And so as the the present opening goes on it's like oh no i was gonna use that and oh no i was gonna use that and we help each other out like no one ever is stuck where it's like i can't open my christmas gifts because i can't think of a bible verse but yeah can't remember a verse yeah but when i i asked my friends i was like don't you say a bible verse they're like no you crazy person you know but that's a great great tradition though that's a cool tradition yeah i've never heard of that we love it and we also my family goes to the movies like a lot Avatar will be back in theaters. The movie last night, Jordan. Yes. Um, they gave away cookies Ooh. and like candy. Okay. In cellophane bags. No. So all the movie you heard. <laughs> were you thinking of me? <laughs> and, were, and were you thinking like, you know, Jordan has a point here. Like, why would you just... That is so funny. I hope Between Jill, that and the people talking around us, I was uh, like, oh my gosh, Jordan was, would hate this movie. Was Jill, was Jill because she loves white... Christmas, right? Yeah. Which, by the way, is the best-selling Christmas single of all time. It is, yeah. Cosby's White Christmas, yes. Um, but, yeah, I hope it was a good time. You it was know great. It just made me laugh because I thought about you when I heard the solo right. game. Mm-hmm. Oh, here we go. Now that we're talking about this, this is really funny because uh, to your, uh, your eccentricities when it comes to movie watching, I went and saw The Chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, recently, uh, the first two episodes of the next season are in theaters, and uh, and there was a church group that came, and they were very vocal. They were very like, amening and mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And at first, I was like, oh no, what's this gonna be like? By the end of the movie, I was right there with them, and yeah. I had like totally been able to get more into the movie. Mm-hmm. It was great. That's what I'm selling. When you go see a movie in a crowd, like there is something in the air. It like it draws something out of you, the collective experience that you don't get when you're watching like just by yourself. Yeah. But 
you don't need uh, me to get on my soapbox about how much I love movies. Let me ask you guys this. What do you think are like some of the weirdest Christmas traditions? What do you think are some of like the weirdest Christmas songs? Well, I mean, Santa got run over by a reindeer. reindeer. Yeah. Grandma yeah. got ran over. Grandma. 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 Yeah. Grandma. Excuse me. Not yeah. Santa. <laughs> it, is, oh, it is one of the most disliked Christmas songs. You better watch out. What is that? Santa you better Claus not. Santa Claus is coming to town. Yeah. He sees you when you're sleeping. It's creepy. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. So, so my mom, she always tells us that when she was a kid, they, they, they were really poor. Mm-hmm. So they never got Christmas presents. And she said they would sing that song in school. And she always thought, man, we are horrible kids. Because mm. Santa's not bringing us no. anything. So she said growing up, she had this like, well, I guess it was another bad year. Oh, She internalized. I, I must yeah. be on the naughty list. That's there why. So that's, that's one of the things we wanted to talk about. We wanted to talk about like naughty and nice list theology and how we can internalize that. Like yeah. as kids. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I, uh, especially when I was the children's minister here, mm-hmm. um, I talked to parents, um, about the naughty list and the nice list because I have, uh, not only, uh, experienced this myself, but I have seen that a lot of adults, um, can conflate Santa with uh, their theology um, of Christ. And, and I think it's pretty understandable because uh, it, just in that song alone, um, what we're doing is we're ascribing to Santa mm-hmm. a, a deity qualities. Mm-hmm. He uh, is omniscient, all-knowing, yeah, he's, all-present. He's omniscient, he's omnipresent. Um, and, and so... Um, if he has those qualities like God and he's keeping a naughty list and a nice list, uh, I think that that kind of uh, leads itself, it, it pervades uh, some of our uh, thinking about Christ and God in our adulthood, which is super, super, super unhelpful mm-hmm. uh, and not biblical at all. Can I make a linguistic connection for you? Sure. So Santa Claus is known by many names. St. Nicholas, but also Chris Kringle. That's who he goes by in, in Miracle on 34th Street, right? So Chris Kringle actually comes from uh, like the German word for Christ child. Chris Kringle becomes Chris Kringle, right? And back in like Martin Luther's time, like during the Protestant Reformation, when gifts were given on like the December 24th, not on the 25th, the idea was that the Christ child came and gave you gifts mm. and it's it was either baby jesus or toddler jesus depending on like like the tradition but like jesus himself was the one that would like deliver gifts to children but that becomes chris kringle which becomes like santa claus santa does fit into that slot there's a linguistic connection there hmm. well and so i'm not i'm not like anti-santa we mm-hmm. have santa at our christmas event we love and santa and i took a photo with santa this year and was very excited and it brought me a whole lot of joy um, and uh, but I am very against the naughty li- naughty list and the nice list because and and really ascribing Santa um, qualities that only God has omniscience yeah and and so you know um, that that is uh, I just want to kind of raise a warning flag uh, for parents uh, that uh, that you know there are some implications that that come along with that you know when when we're little kids. And we are forming our view of God and, and the world and our view of ourselves, kind of like you were talking about with your mom, you know, one of those. It, it, it's hard to know what, what children internalize. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes it can be harmful, mm-hmm. um, some of the things that, that, we, uh, that we teach kids. And so uh, I know that parents, man, parents at our church are so thoughtful yes. in how they raise their kids, which is amazing. Um, and, but some things, you know, we, we, we just, uh, we don't know may, you know, carry, carry some, some weight later on. Um, and so I just want to kind of, uh, let parents know that may be something to avoid. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if we're ascribing godlike characteristics or, or ultimate parent characteristics. <laughs> okay. I think, I think it's more the second. Okay. Um, because you know, your, your parents told you the same thing. It's like, I, I know what you're doing. I know you. I know mm-hmm. what you're thinking. Moms have eyes in the back yeah, of their head. In the back How of did you know? Always, it's because I'm your dad. Because I'm your dad. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think we ascribe that. I, I think we're, we're grabbing more onto the ultimate ideal parent 
who knows? But and, and blending the two because like as humans, we we do what Santa does. Mm-hmm. We do give things to people who are nice to us. Mm-hmm. We we do withhold things from people who are not. I mean, when's the last time you bought a Christmas present for somebody that was really hurtful and hateful to you? Right. Or at least did it with joy. Mm-hmm. It's really convicting when Jesus says it's like even the pagans love those. Yeah. And pay back those that like love them. Exactly. Right? You know, but I tell you, like, love your enemies. And and I think like, I think our parents and like parents na- nowadays, like, I feel like there's there's been a little bit of like a correction or rebranding of sure. Santa. If you read old like fairy tales and old nursery rhymes, they're pretty like metal what people used to like say to kids. It's like, you better watch out. You better watch out. You know, like, you know, in some countries, Santa uh, comes with like switches to like spank naughty children right you know like there's That's all intense. i don't that hear really a lot intense. of uh, i mean sometimes you still hear about the coal but i don't hear a lot of that nowadays i think nowadays like santa is almost always for for most families that i know santa's just fun he's mm. a benevolent gift giver and even in like a, in a lot of santa movies and the santa stories even when he encounters or when when a family encounters a not so nice person a grinch or a scrooge they're treated with kindness and what happens it brings about a, a lovely conversion in yeah. the Christmas naysayer, which I can totally get behind. Um, but also, uh, the other name for Santa Claus, uh, St. Nicholas, right? I mean, he was a real person, a real Christian person who, who walked the earth and everything. Here's, here's one little uh, piece of trivia that I think kind of shows how you can take one Christmas tradition and it fits in different cultures in different times. So one story described to St. Nicholas, uh, who uh, came from like what is now like modern-day Turkey. The story was that there was a man who had three daughters, but he couldn't afford the dowry to marry off his three daughters, and they're sad. So St. Nicholas covertly deposits, deposits some money to them. He drops uh, three uh, balls of gold down the chimney, and they just so happen to land in the stockings that are drying there right? So balls of gold, right? In Depression era America, it's when it became very popular. Stocking stuff for gifts can be all kinds of like candy or whatever, Mm. but Depression era America, it was oranges and nuts. It's because you're not going to give your kid a ball of gold, but you can give them an orange. Mm. And especially in the winter, more wintry parts of the United States, like a delightful sweet orange citrus like fruit is like a luxury treat especially yeah. like like hmm. like during that time and so i think it's interesting how different people can take these traditions and these stories at different times and kind of f- like fit them in such a way to bring joy encouragement right like i think i think all these christmas traditions i'm not i'm not anti like like any of them i think there's a way that we can execute them on in a way that is that is god honoring yeah Absolutely. Can I share my favorite St. Nicholas story? Yes. <laughs> so my, my favorite St. Nicholas story is that St. Nicholas was one of the bishops that was at the Council of Nicaea, which is the first um, council called by Constantine. Um, super, super important council where they were um, nailing down uh, the deity of Christ. And there was a man there named Arius who... Um, started a heresy called Arianism, mm-hmm. uh, named after him. He was from... Where Christ is not co-equal with the Father. Alexander, you're right. And he kind of mm-hmm. made a, um, a hierarchy in, uh, in the tri- triune God, um, which was rejected by the Council of Nicaea. But St. Nicholas, being so passionate, mm-hmm. when Arius was spouting his heresy, got up and punched him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so that's, I mean, uh, that has come down to us, and uh, it's one of those things where it could be apocryphal, but I think it's kind of funny because it doesn't paint Nicholas in a great light. So I think it's, it's like uh, he loses his cool and he has to like repent in yes, jail. Yes, because yeah. you can't cool. strike anybody in the presence of Constantine. No, he like he got in trouble. He got in he a lot did. of trouble. But and and ultimately the council lands in Nicholas' favor, like you know, Arius's Arianism is rejected, and this is where we get the Nicene Creed. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Um, very similar to the Apostles' Creed that we that we sometimes recite. So, um, can I ask y'all this? Were y'all like true believers in Santa? Did you uh, wise up to it pretty quickly? I don't remember. Uh huh. 
Um, I don't think it was a big deal. We talked a lot about the spirit of Santa. Hmm. I think that's how my parents always framed it. It's like there's a there's a, there's there's a spirit at Christmas of giving of generosity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't I don't remember because I don't remember like being heartbroken or a conversation or you know finding out. Um, yeah, I mean I, my boys kind of were. Polly was more than Aiden. Polly like enjoyed it. We told him he was young when we told him that you know the truth about Santa. Mm-hmm. Um, Aiden, not so much. You know, Aiden, we, I'm, it, the, the tough thing with kids now is they Google everything. Yeah. Yes. You know, so like Aiden one time uh, told me. That's a good point. We were like talking about, he lost a tooth and I was like, maybe the tooth fairy will bring mm-hmm. you. And he couldn't find the tooth. And he was like, well, just give me, like, can you, how about you just give me $10? And like, we forget the charade. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, the tooth fairy is not real. The charade. Like, what do you mean the tooth fairy is not real? How do you know? He's like, I Googled it. It's not real. Dad, <laughs> let's stop this song and dance. Can you just, you know, he was, can we complete this transaction, please? Such a negotiator. <laughs> I love it. I, uh, I had an older sister that, that uh, really uh, enjoyed um, ruining things for me at the time. So, so I, I learned I learned early and um, and I do remember feeling uh, a, a deep sense of betrayal uh, and I stayed up late um, to uh, to catch Santa in the act mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah and Santa told me to go back to bed <laughs> and mm-hmm. so that was that was that one. Yeah, how's that? Speaking of catching Santa in the act, uh, another one of the most disliked Christmas songs oh, is I Saw, I saw Mommy Kissing Santa yeah. Claus, which oh, yeah. imagine the, the confusion that would bring yeah. over the boy that's singing that song. But we did Christmas Eve presents, so okay. you know, that kind of dismantles a lot of... Right. Every family does it differently. And so when Clint and I were in Jersey, we had uh, two families that were very close, and they did like everything together. And one family was all about, like, they leaned heavily into the Santa practices, and one, like, abstained from the Santa practices. And the concern was, is, like, our kids are, like, best friends. I really don't want your kids to ruin uh, Santa for my kids, mm-hmm. which which I totally get. Like, you don't want to be, like, the, the, the first kid, the kid that, like, maybe takes away some of the fun. Like for the other kids, you also don't want to be like the last kid, like you know, to to, to wise up. I, I suppose somehow I think I was both uh, because mm. I was like a true believer for like a, a, a real like long time. And <laughs> how me and my brother Hunter uh, found out was Christmas morning. My dad, real quickly, just to like to me and Hunter, he goes, "You guys know who Santa is, right?" We're like, "Yeah, wise man at the North Pole." He's like, "No, no, no." It's me and your mom. And my mom goes, guy, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, you didn't tell me you were going to tell this. And my dad, like, stone cold goes, we got really good gifts this year. I want the credit. <laughs> um, and th- you and Jill do something similar. Like, Stana, like, s- stocks the stuffing. Exactly. But he doesn't, you the know. The presents come from the us. Big, the big presents. But the thing of it is, is, like, later that Christmas morning, me and Hunter inadvertently ruined it for uh, our friend Ben, the neighbor kid like down the street and everything. Like it's it's just tricky yeah. uh, for kids to navigate. But I think I yield to families and what their preferences yeah. like are. Cause I think like I've seen a lot of our families, like I think they do it right. They have something that like they know their kids, they know what works for them and, and they are conscious of other people's like practices and, and their kids yeah. and stuff. I think that's not too high of a bar to clear. No. Not at all. Gotcha. Um, how can we encourage like our families? Like um, Christmas is a busy season. Christmas falls on a Sunday this year. How can we encourage like our families uh, just to um, keep the Christmas story uh, at, at the forefront? I mean, it, it, I mean, clearly it starts with the parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Christmas is a really busy time of the year. Mm-hmm. And it's not always a, I mean, a joyfully busy time of the year. It's full of obligations, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Even the things we want to go to, we have to go to at some point. Mm-hmm. And we're like, oh, there's so many things. We're looking at our calendar. And it's like one thing after another after another. And they're all really good things. But mm-hmm. piled yes. on together, it's just overwhelming at times. Yes. I mean, so I think part of it is is, is 
you know, we did a podcast about sabbatical. Mm-hmm. It is like practicing that even through the Christmas season, like like having times where we're not just busy to be busy. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think there's a, a definite. We live in a great city. We do. Um, prior to what tech, I mean, contrary to what Texas Monthly said about Austin. Oh, what did it say? Oh, we got the rat, whatever the award they give, like the awards for like the awful things, right? What? And Austin was the city that was chosen. For what the, publication we is got this? The Razzie? Monthly, we got the Razzie. Yeah. Oh, get it out of here. Like overpriced. Let me boycott this bunch of Grinches. Yeah. Bros and, anyway. <laughs> that I've never heard of. Go ahead. <laughs> but, it's clearly Dallas. I'm sorry. Yeah. Houston even. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Midland. Let's, let's talk on yeah. Midland. Who cares about Midland? <laughs> oh, um, but we live in a city with a lot of cool things. I mean, you're going to the Trail of Lights tonight. You mm-hmm. went to the Lights and Kyle. There, there is a, there's a million things to do. Yeah. And I think sometimes we, we, we think we have to do it all. Yes. We have to see it all. We're missing out if we don't. And I think that's just part of, you know, creating space for Christ to live. Mm-hmm. It's just that we have to create space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's tough. That's a really helpful reminder too. Mm. I think um, I think one of the reminders uh, that that I I try to challenge myself with um, because I just like everyone I think I get excited about presents. Um, oh, absolutely. And and I get, I get excited about giving presents too. Um, and uh, I was uh, I was in in Luke um, and uh, Luke chapter twelve verse fifteen uh, Jesus directly says life does not consist in an abundance Abundance. of possessions Mm -hmm. and i mean i think that's a really strong reminder for us that um you know a a lot of times it's really easy for us to to think of god's blessings as material Mm -hmm. and and god's blessings can be material They they can be tactile um but but the life that he offers us is not. Um, it, it is. It is found in relationship with him and connection with him and the grace and love that he offers us. And and this is one of those times a year where it it is readily available to us to put Christ first. Mm-hmm. And you know when we were talking about the traditions that we have, um, you know, reading the Christmas story. Um, reminding, you know, especially kids, um, because I think more than anything, this is kids' favorite time of year. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this is also a great opportunity uh, to, uh, to be forward with our faith and our values. And, uh, and, and to your point, Paul, I think, it's, I think because it's such a busy time and because there's so much available to us, we can really get caught up in that. Absolutely. You guys are speaking to something I, I did want want to want to touch on whether it be the busyness and like having to hit all these things on your calendar and all these obligations or like you know good things that you would want to participate that Paul's talking about whether it be kind of like the materialism and commercialism that we can get caught up in that that Clint like alluded to there's there's so much noise around Christmas and I and it's easy to get swept up too I feel this sometimes I feel that like if I don't you know, pull off all the Christmas events that I feel like I ought to pull off. If I'm not able, gift giving is important to me. If I'm not able to give quality enough gifts, like to my people, if I can't afford everything, or if I run out of time, or if I'm not able to uh, to pull off this Christmas event that my, my family really does, I feel like I'm failing in some way. I feel like I'm inferior in some way. And I feel like a lot of people and their families can like relate to that, especially if you you know, like during the pandemic, like a lot of our normal like Christmas practices were kind of taken away from us, right? Yeah. But what I love about Jesus, the Lord of the universe, being being born in humble circumstances, yeah, is that like there's something so um, disarming and approachable about that story. It's the humble shepherds that get to see the Prince of Peace arrive in this world. And he, d- he himself doesn't have like a house to be in, but is rather born in a stable. To me, it's very in line with the Christmas spirit that all the noise and extraneous things, they're great. Like, you know, and they can be good fun, like if you have them, but they're not necessary. Mm. Look at the Charlie Brown Christmas special. Mm. You know, like even if you have a kind of like a sad little Charlie Brown Christmas tree, you know, the kids can still sing, Hark the Herald, the angels sing. They can still have Christmas. How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Mm. Christmas still comes, even when he steals, like, all the stuff. 
came without packages, boxes, or bags, you mm. know. Uh, so I would encourage um, anybody that's feeling overwhelmed by all the noise of Christmas, if you feel like you can't do enough, you can't do enough things, you can't afford enough of the kind of gifts that you would want, like for your loved ones, Christ has still come, Jesus is still Lord, and you can still enjoy the true spirit of Christmas. Yeah. Well, one of the things my, my sisters and I have done, you know, we've always given each other obligatory gifts. Mm-hmm. So what would you like? Oh, uh, just get me a gift card. And what would you like? Uh, just get me a gift card. Right. So we buy each other gift cards in exchange, so we're essentially... Just shuffling money shuffling around. Shuffling money around. Yeah. And it was like, mm, it was kind of a weird charade. What if I just keep my money and you keep mm-hmm. your money and we just not go through the trouble of buying gift cards, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we decided to do instead of, of doing that is investing in relationships. So we go out, to, we, we, we plan a nice dinner. Aww. So Friday night, we're all going out to dinner, just the, 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 the six of us, my, my nice. sisters and our spouses. And that's so much better. Mm. I mean, I'd rather have a nice meal with somebody. I was listening on the radio. They were talking about there's a push away from gifts to experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And we've seen that. Quality like, time. We don't really need anything. I mean, mm-hmm. And that's maybe that's not universally true. But like, do you need another? Right. You know, usually not. Most of the things we get for Christmas are great, mm-hmm. but are, they don't really add a ton. Right. You know, to our life. Um, but so I think that that's where we can shift is, is begin to invest in people mm-hmm. instead of things and experiences and relationships and, instead of. I think that's way more fulfilling and way less stressful. Right. It, uh, yes, it is funny. I just, uh, this is just something that I've noticed, um, in my transition to adulthood from childhood, I always got socks from Mm -hmm. my mom. My least favorite, as a kid, clothes, my least favorite gift when I was growing up. Now I like depend yes. as if I can't go buy right. socks for myself, Dude, but I'm, fun to buy. I'm counting <laughs> on those socks. Every My dog loves nothing more than to chew a sock. Mm-hmm. And now I cannot, I'm literally wearing sandals right now mm-hmm. because I could not find socks this morning. And uh, no, uh, uh, and you know, when we're talking about, um, you know, uh, sharing our values with our family and, and, and being faith forward in this time, uh, remembering where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm. And like that that time that you spend with your family, like that's it right there, you know? There, there is your treasure, there is your heart. Like that's ultimately what you and your sisters were doing was just mm-hmm. saying, hey, I love you and I want to give you something. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, the truth is, is that experience does that also. Exactly. I would rather take you out to Lenore or wherever, sure, you know, rather dinner. than give you a gift card to Lenore. Yeah, yeah. I know families that, like, the rule is, like, you know, no, like, whether it's birthdays, Christmas, or whatever, it's, like, no gifts for adults. Mm. Like, kids is one thing. Kids, so- kids, it's easy to like kids, like, with, with gifts. Um, but, like, adults, like, there's other ways that we can affirm and express our affection for each other. That's, yeah. what, my, that's what my family does now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say my mom is bad about that. She is a gift giver. Like, mm-hmm. that's her love language, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she still breaks that rule. <laughs> yeah, and we want to be clear. Like, we don't want to – we're not trying to poo-poo if gift giving is no, your love all. language yeah. or if, like, you know, you really like to lean into Santa. Like, you know, like, more power to you. We hope that you feel empowered uh, listening, like, yeah. to this conversation. Um also, if you're listening and you're a part of the uh, the Southwest Christian like like direct congregation, I know there are people listening at like outside of that. But we will have a devotional that you can do mm-hmm. with your families at home. Um, just a just a little thing that you guys can do together, like as a family. Absolutely, uh, gentlemen. Any closing thoughts about Christmas and how we practice it? Well, I just want to say uh, we hope you all have a very Merry Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and we uh, all look forward to our Christmas Eve service. It's, I mean, man, when we, you know, we get all the lights off mm-hmm. and, and I love worship at this time of year because we, we've got the whole place decorated and it's so beautiful. And, um, and, and so I look forward to that a whole lot because, I mean, that is time with family. And, um, and so, uh, you know, sharing, sharing that really special time with our church family is wonderful. Do you guys have a favorite Christmas hymn? Real quick, I meant to ask this earlier. Oh, no. I really don't either. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Really? I mean, I like them, but I don't, I, I don't know if I... I have, a, I have a love-hate relationship with Christmas music. <laughs> so, <laughs> as a worship, yeah. you know, I, I led worship for a little while. Mm-hmm. And, and 
you, you don't you play Christmas songs like once a year. Right. I mean, you try to like spread them out through the month, but like you end up playing everyone maybe once, maybe twice. Mm-hmm. It's just so stressful because they're not easy to play, and everybody knows them. And if you mess them up, everybody right. knows you messed them up. <laughs> oh, that would be hard from the from the worship leading side. But also, everybody everybody likes the Christmas songs, and everybody knows the first verse. Yep. They're like, "Let's sing joy to the world," and you like the, you know the first verse, and then that second verse comes, and people are like, oh, "How does it go again?" <laughs> you know. But if I had to choose one, come thou long expected Jesus. Really? Yeah, I love that song. I'm not familiar. I'm gonna have to look that up, yeah. Paul. Yeah, it's a good song. I like Go Tell It on the Mountain mm. is, is the one that I really jam to. There you go. I mean, I like Joy of the World, too. But um, any, any Christmas recommendations, whether they be movies or books or songs? I mean, go, go watch Elf with your family again you for yeah. the 18th time because it'll bring you joy and maybe serve, serve your family some spaghetti and syrup. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do something, create an experience with your family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, we we have a senior, so we're we're like, we're hyper focused on our our number of years as a family mm-hmm. unit that we've known forever. Mm-hmm. It's quickly dwindling. Mm. Um, so we're trying to be a little more intentional with with our time with our kids, and right. encourage you guys to do that. I mean, we only get so much time. Yeah. With what um, works for your family, whether it's football, absolutely. whether it's movies, whether it's eating at Cracker Barrel or KFC. There you go. Well, and there that's that's the heart behind us not having service. Christmas morning yeah, is because we want to support families and we want them to have time. We want Christ to be in the center of it, which is the reason that we have the devotional. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is a great time for family. Absolutely. Gotcha. Guys, I think it's going to be a tremendous Christmas time with our families, with our church family. And, you know, just as Christ uh, bound himself to like humanity, so we're bound to each other as we, as we recognize him coming into the world. So as we sign off, Uh, Wherever you are in the world, um, whatever time that you're listening to this, just know that uh, the world has changed with Christ in it, that God is with us, and we're wishing you uh, the best of times with your family and friends uh, during this Christmas season. We hope you feel empowered by this conversation, and for what it's worth, this has been Three More Opinions. Three More Opinions.